episode 83 of Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, Brian, and I'm happy again to be joined once more by our co-host for these Albuquerque episodes, Isaac Bell. Isaac, how's it going? It's good. Great to be back again. Can't believe we're nearly done. Yes, yes. Sadly, we are nearly done this year. Um, and for our final ABQ episode and our final episode of 2022, we're featuring Boxing Bear Brewing Company, another great brewery out of the Albuquerque, New Mexico area. Boxing Bear was originally founded in Corrales, New Mexico in July of 2014. They were named Mid-Sized Brew Pub of the Year at the 2016 Great American Beer Festival. They've since expanded to four locations around New Mexico and recently moved into a new 10,000 square foot production facility uh we're going to talk about all of those things in a minute here we're also going to be featuring their amber ale nice nice little pun there their amber ale and their chocolate milk stout and uh we're going to be joined by one of the owners and head brewer from boxing bear so please without further ado help us welcome justin hamilton how's it going justin doing well how are you guys doing today no complaints yet not yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Not yet. Cool. So thanks for joining us, Justin. Let's get Absolutely. into our quick sip questions. These are fast questions, fast answers. Help us get to know you fastly or, or fast. Let's do it. Faster. Better? Faster. Yeah, there we go. Faster is better. Okay. Uh, favorite non-boxing bear beer? Ooh, uh, you know, on a regular, I drink uh, a whole lot of probably Lacumbre products outside of Boxing Bear. You know, Lacumbre beer is always a go-to. It's usually around New Mexico and Albuquerque pretty prevalently. Uh, other than that, like VR. Um, <laughs> awesome. Green or red chilies? Oof, okay, so that's a hard one. It depends on where you go. Um, so it, 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 there's the green chili, there's chopped, there's sauce of both. Um, it really depends on the location. Um, I, I would say my favorite uh, is probably just chopped green chili. Okay, okay. Green chili has been the prevailing answer this month. Um, I say this month, it's not like we ask anybody right. else outside. Of, you, you know, it's the <laughs> ABQ thing. You want r- green or reds and uh, green seems to be the prevailing answer. It also depends on my mood. Sometimes red, you know, is just like where you want. So. That's right. That's, like beer. That is honestly the most common answer is everybody has been like, ah, it depends on my mood, depends yeah. on the day of the week. So uh, it seems like nobody has strong allegiance to either one. <laughs> Speaking of allegiances, Czech or German Pilsner? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I tend to like Czech Pilsner as a more regular drinking beer, but I love the dryness of a German Pilsner. So probably Czech more regularly. Okay, okay. Uh, We're in the midst of the holiday season. Do you have a favorite holiday song, Christmas song? (sighs) Yeah, Feliz Navidad. (laughs) That's it's a good a banger. one. Yeah. Anytime you just put it on whenever. Yeah. Even April, May. Yeah. yeah. Middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> and finally, our favorite quick sip question. Have you ever seen a UFO? 
Bigfoot, a ghost, anything inexplicable? No, I think anytime I've seen something, it comes out to be a weather balloon or uh, something like that. Unfortunately, not too much uh, paranormal activity that I've seen. That's, that's okay. So, Justin, I'm going to go just a little bit rogue here because I am introducing us. Well, you're going to introduce us into our uh, the beer that we're about to drink, which is the hamburger. But for those of us listening at home, uh, they, they may not catch the, the actual visual here. And I just wanted to bring some attention to, because I have done it myself only for a brief period in time. Justin has a phenomenal wax mustache right now. And I want to know, just, I have a random question. Is that an everyday thing, Justin? Or did you do it specially because you were coming out live with us today? No, uh, this is my morning uh, look. Uh, I know it's, it's still <laughs> one o'clock here, but I had a meeting earlier and... Uh... It depends on how hard I work. Um, I, I have a guy that has a mustache and he keeps waxing it all day. Yeah. Um, I'm more of like the one and done kind of waxer. And uh, I let it get more uh, rowdy throughout the day, I suppose. But uh, no, I usually I usually will do my mustache in the early days. Whatever happens, happens. Fair enough. Well, I know it's a tremendous amount of work. I, I mean, when I say I did it for like a month, I mean, I did it probably for like four days. It's, um, it can so, be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So kudos to you. Uh, so let's get into our first beer. We're going to pour it here. What do you want to tell us about the Amber? So Amber is one of those beers where um, everybody asks what an Amber is. And uh, my, my best uh way to put that is whatever brewery you at is probably going to have a different version of amber um our amber is light it's balanced it's got uh the malty side to it but it's not exactly sweet um things like fat tire and some of those other beers were just so much malt presence to it this one has more of a balance we, uh, we actually dry hop this beer, but just slightly, just enough to give it some aroma. And uh, we play a lot with the German uh, varieties in this to give it um, almost, uh, almost like an alt beer kind of thing going on, but not as dry, but also just kind of more Americanized where it's, it's something you can uh, pair with lots of food. It goes with almost anything, anytime we have, uh, a beer dinner or something like that. Amber always comes up because it's just, it, it matches so many different flavors and aromas. Yeah, absolutely. And this is delightful, by the way, as well. Thanks. Yeah, it's it's one of those beers that, um, you know, when we opened our, our, our location in uh, on the west side of Albuquerque, it didn't, it didn't sell nearly as great as is it did in other places, but all of a sudden we opened other locations and it just started booming. Um, so it's it's funny just within the city itself, regionally, what people are drinking, but um, it is a, a great intro beer for people that just walk into the brewery. Uh, if you're not used to craft beer, it's, it's definitely something that is approachable. It's not like over the top in either direction, um, where it's, it's malty, but it's still drinkable, where it's not just like hanging on your palate with sugar yeah absolutely it's it's a very well balanced beer full disclosure we normally record later at night it's uh three o'clock in the afternoon here on the east coast 
yeah yeah just giving just giving it all out there and um <laughs> i could not ask for a better beer to drink at three o'clock in the afternoon it's so well balanced there's there's such a nice crisp finish that you don't commonly find in in brown ales and the hops are, are i wouldn't say they're jumping out of the glass they're very nicely complementing that malt character that co- that comes off of this beer this is this is a beautiful beer yeah, you know, we, we I feel like as brewers and uh, breweries, we throw balance like it's always everyone talks balance. Everyone says balance beer, balance beer. And, and this is like a, what I think is a great example of just balance because it, it's not really one way or the other. It's, it's right down the middle. Um, so it, it, it's enjoyable by kind of more people because of that, if it makes sense. You got you got. Um, people that are really looking for something light or, or drinkable, like right now you're saying it's the afternoon, it's, it's perfect to have some, but it's not just um, something that is just going to, you know, rinse off your palate. It gives you a little bit of flavor. It gives you a little bit of, of something there where you can almost uh, feel like you're drinking a craft beer, but it, it's not, you know, like something overwhelmingly strong or hard to get used to when you're, when you're drinking it. You want more of it. Yeah. Yeah. Amber is one of those styles where you can have your cake and eat it too, right? Like you got the malty, you've got the hop, bitterness. And like you said, for pairing with food, it really is right right down the middle here. And I think the dry hopping too here gives it that nice bite, you know, at the very end. It's um, something I learned uh, from technique that I, from the previous brewery where where I was was working at, we we had an amber on tap and it was just a slow seller. It was a great beer. But uh, we're like, let's let's throw a little bit of a dry hop here. Let's just see what happens. And uh, we did that, and it just made the beer so much more approachable. Um, so we just kind of continued that idea, and and that beer just kind of turned into something that people really enjoyed instead of something that got passed over uh, in a flight. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's where do where do you see Amber's anymore? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um it, it's definitely become a like a New Mexico staple. Most breweries have something right down the middle like that. We're we're such a our, our state is, is still behind as far as craft beer is being like consumed. I suppose we have really good craft beer, but the general public of New Mexico is still drinking macros, which is which is is fine still but once we get people to try it or they understand that there's more to it there there's more flavor there's more to be had it's 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 easy to convert people but uh, it's still having those products you know available to people that that are nice intro beers or stuff that um, will get people to sit down or come into our place and have another beer try all their stuff yeah i wish i wish there was more amber amber beers more brown ales more of those kind of mid-range malt forward beers that that drank like this, that presented like this with such balance. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, as I mentioned, uh, Boxing Bear was founded in 2014 by you and two other friends. Could you right. briefly walk us through the story behind yeah. wanting to start the brewery in those early days? Sure. So um, at the time in the brewery I, I mentioned earlier, that was Chama River. Um, so Chama River in New Mexico has a great um, reputation of great brewers coming out of it. Um, I was lucky enough to work and uh, be a head brewer for Chama for a while. Um, And so during my time there, uh, there was probably three or four breweries open in the state. And I was 
uh, approached by uh, Kevin Davis and, and, and uh, David Kim. And uh, Kevin was the owner of a homebrew shop. And uh, David was his friend that pushed him to open it and to brew good beer and taught him about uh, good beer. He was from uh, Minnesota. So he, he kind of knew the ropes a little more about, you know, drinking and you know, understanding craft beer. So but he, he kind of got uh, Kevin into it and started home brewing and stuff like that. So they uh, started having the idea of like, let's, let's try to open a brewery sometime. And uh, they, they quickly kind of realized that it's, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds that um, the professional aspect of it needs to be there. And, and uh, they, they realized that and they reached out to me. So at that time, uh, we kind of formed a plan and took our time and, and uh, it took us about less than honestly a year to get a building, to get our equipment, to get everything in place. Um, we, we probably met late 2013 for the first time and then really took it seriously early 2014. And then uh, we had opened that year by July. Um, so it was a whole lot of work um, putting the brewery together. We did a lot of stuff ourselves, and we still continue um, with our new facility, which we'll talk about later. Either way, um, Boxing Bear uh, kind of came out of this idea where we would get together and we would, you know, share beers with each other. We would talk about what we could possibly do, and, and finally thinking like, I think we can make this happen. You know, we've got we've got quality. We've got the ability to understand the market. And then it just came to how do we do it? You know, how do we get the money for this? How do we make it happen? So, you know, opening on a tight budget and basically me uh, running the brewery front of house, which I should have been doing. <laughs> uh, you know, as, as a brewer, my social skills are definitely lacking. <laughs> but uh, we learned our lesson with that. And over the last eight years, we've uh, picked up some great people front of house. Uh, brewers and uh, we've been lucky enough to get really good people and, and have people that care about people and are passionate as we are about the product so that's been good um, but um, the, people always want to know what, what Boxing Bear came from what the name comes from um, kind of a, a funny story we're all dog lovers here um, so there's like dogs at the brewery all the time there's dogs in our offices like all the time um, so at the time I had a couple dogs um, one was a boxer mix. Her name was Danka. And then I had a, uh, a big red nosed pit bull whose name was Sal. And uh, they would just like romp around and, and, and they would they'd wrestle and fight all the time. So it was like the, it was like the boxer and the bear. Uh, and so it kind of just like turned into this idea and this thought. Um, and so I pitched it at an idea at a meeting once. And uh, everyone was like, yeah, I. I I kind of like it. It's it's different. Uh, it's it's got lots of opportunities for names and just a play on words. So it was it was something we just kind of stuck to. Yeah, I love that. That's where that name came from. Actually, I have a, a po like it's just a generic art like poster of a man like box literally boxing a bear. They both have yeah. to walk on. Yeah, it's goofy. So I was wondering where that name come came from. So. In addition to being the mid-sized brew pub of the year honor, uh, Boxing Bear has also taken home a, a number of awards at GADF as well, as well as the World Beer Cup and the North America Brewers Association Awards. 
Do you feel like the expectations for brewery growth every time your name is called at these ceremonies? Yeah, I mean, I honestly a lot of accolades. That yeah, no, um, honestly, I I definitely feel that, but I think that um, we've kind of get got to the point where we push ourselves as much as I as we can. Um, I remember winning Brewery of the Year and really thinking like, let's not let this get to our head. Let's go back and brew better beer than this. And I honestly think we do. I think we're making better beer than we ever have, um, even in with our move and our new location and stuff, our, our product is, is is better than it ever has been. Um, and, and that's hard to say. Yeah, I feel like we really hold ourselves accountable almost more than uh, awards sometimes. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big on making sure my staff knows that quality is, is our absolute, all we have, that's all we have. Um, right. So we really try to push that uh, and make sure that everything's done the same and, and really try to keep that, that standard high. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is pressure sometimes where you feel, you know, like, uh, man, we really got to make sure we're, we're still winning awards and stuff like that. And I feel less bummed every time we don't win <laughs> because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to get a nice pat on the back, but I also know that our business is doing all right and we're making good products. Uh, yeah, so it's, that's really what matters is, is, is having fun while you're doing it. Try not to be your own worst critic, you know? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I get that too. Yeah, so that uh, that leads me perfectly in, into my next question that, that, you know, those accolades, they're great. They certainly mean something to breweries and, and brewers especially, but I imagine that customer feedback still plays an important role in a brewery of your size. How, how do you take that feedback? What has the feedback been like since, you know, you've had those accolades and you have locals and, and loyal followers that, uh, you know, you're their hometown beer, you're their neighborhood brewery. How does that feedback affect, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, your, your hubris when you, yeah. you have all these medals around your neck? Yeah, no, we definitely um, take our customer feedback into a lot of account like we uh, are always we want to know if something tastes different if they think it tastes bad or off um, and we're more than willing to correct that even in our draft you know stuff so it's, it's something we have trained our in-house staff to try to recognize because there's always someone that maybe was chewing gum or eating something weird or Stuff happens. People don't like yeah. IPAs. Yeah. They drink an IPA and they don't think it tastes. Um, so that happens occasionally. But that being said, we do try to pay as much attention to that feedback as possible. And there are a handful of people, including local brewers, that I really um, listen to. There's a lot of people that I uh, will make sure I have their opinions like directed to me because. Um, when I hear stuff from certain people, I'm like, there's, there's a couple guys that drink IPA every day in, in the front of house, you know, and so if they say it tastes different, then I'm going to listen to them because I don't drink IPA that much. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there, there's stuff like that. We definitely take the heart and, uh, and we try to be good on record keeping so that, you know, if we have issues, if there's stuff like that, we try to pinpoint what happened or, you know, it's craft beer. So there's a, stuff happens sometimes. Um, but trying to keep your thumb on it or knowing why stuff happens, that's always like a good direction. 
I want to talk a little bit about our second featured beer, um, which we're getting ready to get into. Brian, I don't know about you. I have been super excited about this one since we got the box. Out of the, it's a chocolate milk stout, and it has been. Um, I, I have been waiting to drink this for a long time. I didn't think it was going to be at three thirty on a uh, on a Thursday afternoon, and but it's I'm a little colder it. where you are, right? Yeah, it is. It's actually a miserable day outside. It's um, awful. Yeah, it's like perfect. forty and rainy. It's the worst weather. So this will be great for the overcast weather, coldness. Um, it's it surprises me that we can sell uh, a milk stout in the middle of the desert and people are drinking <laughs> the 90, 100 degree weather. Um, but I guess that's a testament to the flavor of the beer. It's something that came up as a one-off special. Um, we made it, I think the, maybe the first or second year we were open and we just kind of threw this recipe together. I, I thought about and uh, it, it sold out, it went crazy. And it was one of those beers that we thought, this is pretty good. Let's, let's throw it in a competition. And uh, it immediately just started racking up accolades. And it's really thick. <laughs> it's a sweet beer. Yeah. And, and when you say sweet stout, it's it's sweet, but it's not, um, you know, when you get into beers like Prairie and some of these like guys that are boiling and having, you know, stuff going forever, it's not that sweet, which, which has its, you know, benefits. And sometimes people look over it because it's not as sweet, um, but it does have that texture. It's got that richness to it, and it's very creamy. Chocolate can have that bitterness to it. Yeah, a little bit yeah. of bitterness to it as well. It's not zero IBUs, you know. It's, yeah. it's you know, like 30, 35. So it's it's uh, it's one of those beers where we just haven't changed it like since we started making it. It's just kind of continued to be pretty good <laughs> and it surprises us that it, it, it doesn't need much correction i mean it's just something we've just continued to make and it's uh it's done well for itself yeah it's, it's a beer that just has kind of made our name so it's, it's cool yeah it's nice you know i i don't want i don't want a beer to give me diabetes yeah so this is this is nicely balanced and like you said like you know a little bit of that coffee on the back end there yeah it's still a stout it's still a stout. And, and I think that's kind of like where it's not a parfait beer. It's not a, it's not a pastry stout. Okay. And uh, it, it, it makes a, to us a difference. Um, we, we separate them. So we'll have pastry stouts, stuff like that. But um, I feel like this is just, you know, a sweet, sweet milk stout. Uh, and it, it's, we've done barrel aged versions of it. We've done so many off. We just did a coconut version of, of this beer. It's it's really oh, toasted. What was it? Oh yeah, toasted. Yeah, yeah. So we had done a toasted coconut, and we also added um, the Tilaka liquid coconut to it. Just tried to give it. It's such an overpowering beer. We really wanted to give it some coconut flavor. So um, sounds like a banger. But uh, yeah, the variations we've made with it, the beer itself, and the fact that it's it's also not too much alcohol you know it's sitting like five and a half percent so um it's still approachable it's it's again not something that's 12 15 percent where you can only have one you can actually if you wanted to drink more <laughs> right i think much like the Amber, this this beer is very well balanced and i think the balance in here comes from the play between the malt and, and the lactose and the hop additions and there's these different 
these 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 different characteristics of dark malt that you get in here. You know, there's nice chocolatey tones to it, but there's also a really strong roast backbone that kind of drives through the whole beer. How much how much does grain selection play a role in in beers like this? Uh, it's everything. I mean, so it's funny. Our recipes are either super simple. Our pilsner has like two types of malt on it, uh, and then our stouts, our browns, even with the amber, uh, when we start getting into color flavor combinations, it just kind of gets a little ridiculous. Especially beers like this, where it's like, it's just odd numbers of pounds to create either, you know, color or flavor combinations. Um, so it's one of those things where I feel like the home brewer or people creating recipes uh, do the opposite. They want to put a bunch of stuff in their pilsners or IPA. They're really trying to get, you know, more interesting flavors. And I'm like, use that in your stuff. Use that in your brown. You know, get get the the combination of stuff. When you're trying to play with flavor profiles, this is the place to do it. You know, this is the place to get creative. So that being said, um, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of not only things like Carafa and uh you know chocolate malts in there but we also have a good amount of, of caramel malt in there to kind of give it a little bit of that slight you know caramel sweetness without you know coming out like sometimes when you get it in a red or something when it's it's like almost too oxidized but uh, this one we try to play with that balance and also not make it too roasty we still want it to have a sweet taste to it without being too coffee too too much I'm super averse to, to lactose sugar. I, I, not that like it doesn't do anything to me. Like I can drink it. I think it gives me a hangover. Um, that may or may not be true. Like I don't want to see it in my IPAs. That's a personal preference. Yeah, right? absolutely. Um, when it comes to a milk stout, I absolutely want to see it in there. Yeah. Uh, 100% pastry stout, whatever. I, I get it with the darker beers. Uh, but this, just, this toes the line just like beautifully, like Brian was saying with the amber right down the middle you know there's not it's not over overpoweringly sweet as somebody who can like take a sip of a beer and be like oh there's lactose in there i don't know if i would jump to that immediately on my first sip of this yeah yeah you you alluded to people using it in ipas and kind of you know cranking that lever up with the lactose isaac and i think in this beer it's just another thread that comes together to make such a beautiful cohesive product yep 100%. It's, uh, it's body enhancing, you know, it helps with lacing. It's, it's really all about, like you said, giving it uh, a backbone, giving it something uh, to play with. And it's, and of course it's milk style, but um, yeah, it, it's one of those things where playing with lactose and also uh, the cocoa nibs, it was, it was just a fun combination to play with. And uh it's, it's actually one of our harder beers we have to make because of all the stuff we put in there. Um, so when we started like getting, you know, popular for the beer, it was like, shit, we actually have to make this much of this. Um, but now it's just another day. So it's not too Speaking Speaking of making, making beers at bigger scales and just another day in the brew house, you recently expanded into a new production facility, um, almost tripling or quadrupling the brewing space from the original location if i have my numbers right yeah so um i want to say our original like actual space for brewing was probably around 1500 to 2000 square feet um 
the current actual brewing area we're working with is uh oh uh oh like we say isaac it's not brews less travel without technical difficulties absolutely, absolutely. just that left side of that mustache is sticking out perfectly yeah it's a good it's a good screen pause moment yeah dude i am i am just digging these beers so much yeah well I, maybe it's like the novelty of, of you know like an afternoon beer <laughs> a little bit i mean the beers are good i'm just saying maybe it's the hey i'm gonna have two beers in the middle of the afternoon yeah now i mean like i said you never have to twist my arm no i uh i i was at the brewery earlier and yeah. I, I haven't talked about that on this show yet i guess i should probably yeah quick plug i'm a tapper manager at a new brewery in pittsburgh called low lab beer you can find us at 5247 butler street come and visit me um but i was there earlier and i was doing some social media photos and and just some some you know getting some assets for future posts and we poured a beer for it and i had to like really stop myself from drinking that beer drinking our show beer because i knew i was coming here to record this and (laughs) you know have, have have a few more tasty beverages yeah Absolutely. So. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm constantly every year battle around doing dry January, uh, but I always settle on a moist January. Slightly damp, slightly yeah. damp slightly, January. Yeah, it, it gets wet occasionally. It's hard. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. And there's, there's so many, you know, the, the holiday season, like for me, particularly for like, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, I'm that guy that's always bringing the bottles to the you know the family that oh here isaac's not going to drink anything else he's bringing his own beer you know it's like here he comes with the barley wine again nobody's going to appreciate this yeah but yeah it's, it's, it's the time to time to sort of clear the cellar out and get ready for you know the new year or you know a time of reflection and not being a trash animal and and actually doing a dry january instead of a moist january yeah, I mean that all sounds good, but I'm I'm not going to participate in any of those things. I'm just going to continue right. drinking the same way that I do, especially responsibly throughout the year. Yeah, I responsibly pace myself. I don't know if I've talked about this on the on on the podcast, but I always take I take take a few days off every week, like designated. Oh. I typically do not drink on Mondays or Tuesdays, although the podcast recording schedule has kind of screwed with that. Screwed that up a little bit. Screwed that up a bit, yeah. And I'm sure sensory at the new job will eventually mess that up too. But uh, yeah, it's good to to pace yourself, good to take some breaks. And like you've alluded to, I am certainly going to take some of my uh, ridiculous beers that I have in my cellar to Christmas and holiday gatherings and, and, you know, my relatives that normally drink for lack of a better word pedestrian craft beers i'm gonna show up and be like hey you, you, you want to have some of this 15 percent barrel age mm-hmm. i've got this bottle we need to split it among at least eight people yeah. <laughs> or else we're not going to make it to the evening it's time to show your gratitude for the sure. year <laughs> and uh <laughs> We're going to do that by drinking a 2016 bottling of East End's Gratitude Barley Wine. Speaking of which, Brian actually uh, scored a oh couple of articles of gratitude for me. Um, was it last year or two years ago? I think it was, oh my God, it was two or three years ago now. 
I, I have been threatening everybody with that vertical, um, every bottle share, every time people come over, it's like, hey, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to go through it. Um, still, still all in the cellar. We haven't, haven't cracked one. Justin. My computer just took a shit on me. Yeah. So sorry about that. Well, I'm going to go grab my other Amber and my other chocolate milk style, and we'll just start from the beginning again. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, Justin, when uh, you were having technical difficulties there, you were, you were mm -hmm. talking about the expansion of the new space. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So we had, we, we've gotten into, like I said, almost um, double the space that we were into before. Um, we had gotten our canning line in our old space, and uh, we barely, barely would fit it in, like rolling in and out. We were basically mobile canning uh, in our old location for almost two years. Uh, you know, during COVID, that's all we did was just can out of that location. So it was just kind of crazy. Um, but uh, the space now, when we added it, so we originally had, I believe, um, like 13 uh, uh, or 14 fermenters, and now we have 16. Um, we had two bright tanks, now we have four. Um, so with our move, we increased our production, and uh, we have the ability now to just keep up a lot more with our uh, canned product, because we were doing everything out of, uh, you know, two bright tanks. So uh, it was really hard to just juggle everything up and down. Um, our new facility has like proper flooring. It's, it's, it's way more suitable for actual higher production of beer. Um, our glycol unit is, is better. Like everything about it is just like way more suitable for us expanding and doing more beer in the future, which was you know, a whole part of it. Um, that and um, our old location was in a spot where um, we didn't, we didn't uh, have much control of our lease or what was going on. Um, with our landlord. So um, we still have our tap room there. It's still a beautiful facility. Um, we just needed to move out because we, we couldn't do much more expanding in that location. We could really max it out. And so it was time to find some place where we could kind of have a little bit of elbow room, not only with packaging, but just uh, with, with our ability to just kind of grow. So it went from our, our main facility in, in, uh, on the edge of Corrales there to um we opened a tap room gosh i want to say this was 2015 or something around there we had um uh our, our we had a tap room open in in what's called the west downtown area of albuquerque uh and then a year later we opened our tap room in on the east side of town and then uh pretty much a year later we opened what is now our new location, um, which is the fire, our Firestone location. Our Firestone location is where we do all of our production, but we also have a tap room there. So we had our tap room open almost a year before our brewery was, was in, uh, in actually up and running. And uh, people could just kind of walk by and have a beer and kind of peek their head in there and just see insanity, <laughs> um, which was kind of cool to, to, to have um, uh, the pub. Um, you know, while I was working in the back trying to, to, to install everything, um, it was kind of nice to have like customers already inside as opposed to before when we were just, you know, cranking away and, and just wanting to open the doors. So it's, it's been it's been nice. Um, but having our new location has really helped us with our, our production has been a lot easier. It's been a lot smoother. Um, you know, the other thing when you move your brewery um, after eight years, you realize 
what you have them included as well. <laughs> and uh, you get a lot better at making sure that that stuff stays clean. Um, so it was, it was kind of like a necessary thing. So it was kind of nice to just like pull, you know, all the yeah. stuff apart, put it back together and, and realize that it's like, Hey, you know, we're doing this pretty well, or maybe we got to be a little bit better at that stuff. So Definitely. that's my favorite analogy of, of, uh, if, if you ever bought or sold a home before, or even just moved, it's like you wait till the very end of like your tenure in that location to fix all the shit that you've just dealt with over the past you know, X number of years, you're like, when you go to the bathroom, you're going to twist the doorknob a quarter of a left and then uh, deal yeah. it a little bit, pull up, down, left, right. And uh, yeah, then, then it'll lock properly. And people are like, you live like this, you know, and then you fix it before you move or before you sell. And it's like, yeah, we should have done this ages ago. Yeah, we had the time, we had the ability. And yeah, so there's lots of stuff like that where it's like, okay, let's make this a part of our regular maintenance and ability to like, keep this place running um but it, it's definitely uh something you learn along the way but i, I mean it was kind of like one of those blessing in disguise things where it's like let's let's learn from this you know we, we find we find stuff that uh you know but luckily like it like i said it wasn't we, we didn't have any like major production components dirty and stuff like that it was just like small stuff but like hey maybe we should shine the outside of the brew house every now and then because there's stainless steel there not just right. you know dirty metal um so it's uh, it's stuff like that where we're like, okay, cool, we can we can take better care of this stuff. We we've done it, so now we cool. can keep doing it. All right. So outside of your brewery, what is one thing that you wish New Mexico was more well known for? Oh man, I mean, so New Mexico is pretty well known for for food, right? Um, I think obviously culture too. Um, there there's, man, that's that's hard to say. You know. I, I don't know if people outside of New Mexico see the just like general coolness of of our like high desert area is kind of interesting um, because when I go to like places like Colorado, you know, you have you have your city. Right. And if you want to go to the mountains or if you want to go to a lake or something, you're going to drive like three hours. Right. Like New Mexico is so unique because we have our mountain range right here in Albuquerque, the Sandias. You can drive 45 minutes and be hiking a mountain. You can drive, you know, another uh, hour, uh, you know, north towards the Jemez and you're going to be in a beautiful lake, uh, uh, you know, pine trees and, and, and it's cool and it's nice and it feels like another state. Um, so I think like our ability to have like really awesome outdoor stuff kind of ties in with like our brewery a little bit. We have our tramway location, uh, which is right there where everybody gets done hiking. They come down, they have a beer and some tacos. And it's, uh, it's just, um, it's definitely part of like New Mexico. So like if REI was cheaper, it would be the biggest brand in New Mexico because everyone's so outdoorsy and it already, you know, stuff like that, but it's, it's, we've got like a really fun outdoor just haven and it's, it's, it's never too cold or too hot, you know, but um, enough to be challenging where every year there's some people who get like lost in the Sandias trying to hike <laughs> because it's, it's just wow. difficult enough. People don't think it's like, oh, it's a desert. You're going to have a, a mountain out there. It's like, no, this is part of the yeah. Rockies. It's like the end of the yeah. Rockies. You're going to die out there if you're not careful. So, um, but that being said, like you can't, you can't get down to a lot of places. You can't go 
um, you know, to most major cities and, and drive less than an hour and be someplace completely different. That is, you know, you can grab a four pack of beer and go out to the mountains and just like have a great time. Um, even for the day where you're not, it's not a, it's not a, a 10 hour experience. I'm, I, yeah. That's what I've experienced in other cities. Like, let's go to the mountain. You're like, cool. And it's like, I don't want to drive three hours there and three hours back. Like for me, I'm like, let's just go right there. And so that's how it feels for us. So it's, it's something that, you know, it doesn't get as much attention as the, as the outdoor uh, kind of high desert fun stuff. So what I'm hearing is that you guys have four out of eight planet Earth episodes. Yeah, and we literally we have, um, you know, it's it's 100, 100 some plus degrees in the summer and we get um, plenty of snow sometimes. So it's, it's just kind of random. Yeah. yeah, if we had like, yeah, we, have, you know, uh, we just had, uh, they call it the land of enchantment, you know. And people that live here call it the land of entrapment. So, <laughs> how Well, thank you so much for joining us, Justin. Anything to plug before we get out of here? Thanks for having me. Yeah, boxing beer. I would definitely check it out. Um, no, honestly, uh, yeah. I mean, the New Mexico beer scene alone is is really cool. It's growing. Um, you know, uh, as far as like visiting us, it's 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 different than other places because, uh, like I said, there's so much like general like beer scene in a small area new mexico is like the biggest small city or i'm sorry albuquerque is like the biggest small city in the world everybody seems to know each other but it has it's like it's a weird like small la kind of feel to it but um it's got that kind of um nice cultural adaptation to it so um it's a fun place to live and be and i definitely encourage anybody that's never you know been to the southwest to come check us out especially if you like good beer uh we're i think we're definitely an underrated state as far as the quality of beer um we don't have a ton of breweries but most of them are actually pretty good we got a a good good amount of like local places that are just making great product and doing good stuff as far as the 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 like brewery and beer community goes so it's been fun to be a part of what's grown here in the state definitely you can follow boxing bear at boxing bear brewing on instagram you can also head over to boxingbearbrewing.com for all the information all their different locations the beers they're putting out and uh thanks to boxing bear for supplying beers for this episode yeah anytime let's do it again and then like i said follow us on social media that's the best way to know what we're going to have on tap we have tons of different beers coming out all the time um so uh sometimes our our uh our website can get even behind with what we're putting out because I mean, even this week, I think we're putting out maybe one or two new beers. So heck yes. Thanks to all of our New Mexico breweries for helping us close out the year with such a great beer box. Uh, shout out to X Novo, gravity bound marble. And of course, boxing bear Isaac final thoughts on New Mexico, 2022, the year ahead. Glad to be back again for one more month of uh, of Bruce Less Traveled. Always a pleasure. I have never been to New Mexico. I've never been to Albuquerque. Uh, would love to go. Uh, I think this past month has really solidified it. I think, Justin, you've said it back. You know, not a lot of breweries, uh, but you all are doing a phenomenal job. You know, I, I can finally put the, the green or red to bed and, and just have both, I think. The start of this month, I, I want it all. They're like check or uh, check or German pilsner, and I was like, I want both. Yeah, can I have both? Uh, and and I feel that way. I, I want it all. Variety is the spice of life. So I'm looking forward to my visit to to Albuquerque for sure. Yeah, uh, it's just one more place on the on the map that I want to go to now. 
And when you do, just let me know. I'll show you where to get the green or the red. You know, it's going to be dependent on where you go or what your mood is like, how drunk you were the night. Yeah, yeah. I, I we, we had one brewer suggest that I wade across the Rio Grande. Um, so sometimes there's not enough water. You might be able to walk across. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Justin, we're excited to uh, to have you be our chili shaman when we come to Albuquerque. We'll head over to brewvana.com to see subscription options uh, for the Brews Less Traveled Beer Club. We're continuing this thing in 2023, of course. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review if you're digging the show. It helps us grow awareness and, and get more listeners and allow us to continue to do this and grow this wonderful community that's come up around this podcast and and these uh, uncharted beer scenes. An update here, we are actually going to take a break next week. This will be our last episode for 2022. And then the following week, the first episode of January or the first week of January 2023, we're actually going to take a break and then we'll be back with a new episode from our next featured city the following week. We're going to the Rockies, baby. Well, we're we're going near the Rocky Mountains, at least. Join us as we kick off 2023 with Fort Collins, Colorado as our featured city. So excited about that. We're featuring some amazing breweries out there, and these will not be episodes you want to miss out on. So until then, stay safe. Be kind and support local breweries, everybody. Cheers. Cheers, man. Cheers. Cheers.